This is Adventure Nannies On Air. I'm Shenandoah. And I'm Brandy. Our company is Adventure Nannies, and we talk about nannying, traveling, professional development, and also whatever we want. We'll try to keep our potty mouths to a minimum, but this podcast is not suitable for kids. You can find out more about us at AdventureNannies.com. Welcome back to Adventure Nannies on Air. I'm Shenandoah, and my usual co-host Brandy is still gallivanting around Europe with her family and a band and a baby and a nanny. Today I have the extreme pleasure of being joined by Sue Downey. Hello, Sue. Hello, Shenandoah. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. How are you? I get this weird podcast voice. I have to get rid of that. I'm like, woo! (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> Woo! <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to, I prefer my podcast voice to my regular speaking voice. It's definitely changing, but the same yeah. way, you know, when I pick up the phone and my, and my mom is calling, my voice goes up by about an octave immediately. Yeah. I'm just like, hi, mom. Well, and it's somehow I'm still like, a child. <laughs> it's somehow like smoother, like, hello. Like, I don't know, like a phone <laughs> operator from the like 1960s. Mm-hmm. That's not me. <laughs> Today we're speaking with Sue Downey, founder of Nanny Palooza, professional career nanny. Oh, maybe it's our <laughs> Proud NPR parent. voice. It's our NPR voice. Um, yeah, I am not a parent, but I am a proud nanny. For a million years, I've been a nanny since the dinosaurs. Are you a pet parent? I am not. Do you have any small... What? Well, sort wow. of. My, my partner, Charlotte, my wife, my whatever... The person that completes me, <laughs> as what I like to call her. Mm-hmm. Um, she, ha- she, We have a fish. She would be very sad if I didn't say that we had a fish. Yeah. But I do nothing to take care of it. I can barely take you know, care of myself in my personal life. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I just take care of me and her and small humans for my job. And that's plenty. But you take care of so many other things. I was starting this morning to like write up a little bio of all of the amazing things that you do. And then because it, I'm on the West Coast, you're on the East Coast, it was like 6.30 in the morning on Saturday. I was like, I'm just going to have Sue do it. <laughs> I'm a little tired. It's okay. um, and I'm sure you are used to listing off the many it's amazing true. things that you do. So well, will you take it away? Yeah. So mostly I am a full-time nanny. Like that's really important to me. Um, that people know that I'm just, I hate that just a nanny, but I say it. Um, so I'm the nanny to two children. Uh, fortunately, now they're in school full time, um, which gives me more time for my other projects, which include Nanny Palooza, which is a professional conference for nannies. We're celebrating our 15th year in 2020, which is very exciting mm-hmm. to me. So I do that. And I also sort of wrangle and coordinate the International Nanny Training Day in the spring, which is events that are locally planned by a bunch of amazing people, including Shenandoah, who does the online <laughs> version for Adventure Nannies. Woot woot. But I sort of coordinate the national effort and try to help give them some tools and things from planning events. Um mm-hmm. I do that. I had a podcast. We're sort of on a hiatus right now called the Practically Perfect Podcast. I know. Well, we were sort of getting to this place where it was just really hard. My partner that I podcast with is on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast. And Mm -hmm. that's a tricky time difference. And she's a night owl. And I go to bed at like nine o'clock if Mm -hmm. I turn into a pumpkin because I get up super early in the morning. So it just, we're sort of just taking a little break. I think we'll come back to it. And I hope so. I don't know. I do some other stuff too. Mostly what I do (laughs) is try to, try to use my experience as a nanny to help other nannies in whatever way I can, because it's hard. Mm -hmm. You're so isolated. And I, I was very lucky to have a couple of people help me out early on. And so I just tried to do the same thing. There you go. There you go. Well, I think you're wonderful. 
Well, and thank you. I appreciate everything that you do for you- the entire industry so much. Even if it does mean that you are, you know, a fairly deadbeat fish parent. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> deadbeat fish Nobody's parent. perfect. <laughs> it's true. Well, you know, I'm a little bit of a grouch. People don't think it's that's true, but it is. And so it's probably good that I don't have to take care of a dog or a cat or a fish or anything. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, Sue, th- one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you, other than that I just really like talking to you because I think that you're great, um, is that a few weeks ago we were talking to Kristenator, who owns an agency in New York called Kith and & Kin, and we were talking about discrimination in the industry, um, and you wrote something on Facebook that I thought was really interesting and smart. Um, and something that I can't really speak to since I have not been a nanny anytime recently um, and was never like really all the way a nanny. Um, I did have some children that I made friends with whose parents paid me to hang out with them, um, but I was never a pro. Um, do you mind if I read some of your comment or would no. you like to read it? No, you should go ahead and read it. That's fine. <laughs> I feel like I'm on trial. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, Sue Downey. <laughs> Two weeks ago, on Thursday, November 7th, at 4.29 a.m., you left the following comment. Did you not? No. I have been, I've watched about 15 hours of impeachment trials on TV this yeah, week. We're all so a little, I am in that mode a little bit. Exactly. We all are in that mode, I think. I equally... Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, Sue Downey, (laughs) you said, here's my question to you all. Where is the line between discrimination and fit? Because so much of this job isn't just your ability to change a diaper. It's also about who you are. I am a lesbian and would not be a good fit with a perfectly nice family who believed that was a sin. Even if I didn't bring it into the workplace, it would affect our relationship. And truthfully, it's impossible to keep who you are from a child. They see. They know. So I like them to see a photo of me as I'm overweight. I can do most jobs easily, but if the family is going to constantly be worried because I don't look country club, then it isn't a good fit. Hmm. I still grapple with this. I do. And it, okay, first off, please don't hate me for like out there in podcast land because I realize that some of the things I'm going to say sound like I'm advocating for inadmissible or illegal questions in interviews or discrimination. But I really am just, I just think that it's, our jobs are so different than an office job because who you are as a person, because of the intimate nature of the relationship with the children that you care for and the family that you're working with, for me, at least, and I guess all nannies don't have that intimate relationship, but I feel like mo- more do than don't. But I think that it's it's really hard to sort of separate out all of those things. And so while I appreciate that I don't want to be discriminated against because I'm a lesbian or I am overweight significantly, I also know that I would rather talk about those things and have them out in the open because I don't want to take a position like I did that for years a while back. You know, people didn't I didn't share that part of me with families that I worked for because you just didn't. And it was a lot. Everyone was closeted. I didn't figure it all out until I was older. We don't want to go down that intimate story with my, you guys. Don't care, but I I feel like <laughs> I care. You know, <laughs> well, we'll talk about it. We have the cruise. We'll, okay, we'll, I'll tell you the whole sorted details. But I feel like save it for the cruise. Exactly, <laughs> a few drinks in. Um, I feel like I feel like I'm happier being able to talk about these things. So then. Is it that we as nannies, if like we should share some of these things, like is it that we need to take control of sharing it 
on our timeline and that makes it not discriminatory. But what about a poor family who are very nice, wonderful people, but they also, they're interviewing you and they don't have a picture of you and they don't know how much you weigh, but they travel all the time on small, tiny planes where you have to give your weight and like, or they love to do some sort of, you know, rock climbing and they want the nanny to do that with the kids. I don't know. It's all so complicated to me because I feel like sometimes families ask questions with the best intention. And while it is illegal, it also sort of might pertain to your job. And so Mm -hmm. to me, it's not as it's not that they're necessarily discriminating. It's just that they're looking for the right fit for their family. And so some things I feel like, I don't know, it's complicated. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and I think it, <laughs> I'm with you. Okay, um, good. <laughs> I think it completely makes sense. And I think that what makes it extra complicated is that, you know, unlike any other job, what responsibilities and duties and qualifications could be on a nanny job description can vary so wildly from any other job. You know, if you have experience being a cook in a restaurant, every single job you apply for says you must have cooked in a restaurant before you have to lift 30 pounds. Um, You know, it would be cool if you were an alcoholic who like got really drunk every night at the restaurant and yelled at all of your employees. But, (laughs) you know, We've seen and written, you know, at this point, hundreds of nanny job descriptions, and we have talked to families who are like, yes, it's a nanny to take care of my four-year-old, and they need to be fluent in Mandarin, and they need a master's degree, and they need to be a macrobiotic chef, and they need to be a professional kayak instructor, and also really good at playing the flute, or the oboe would be fine. And we're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great. And so, um, you know, it's always... From our perspective as the agency, like the kind of complicated and tricky thing that we end up doing when families make kind of really specific requests, whether it's around swimming or rock climbing or, you know, when we hear a family use the word like active um, to try to sort of unravel what they what they mean by that. because you know there there are plenty of people of all body shapes and sizes who are active that doesn't mean you know being active doesn't mean that you have like a 12 pack of abs and belong you know in a sports illustrated bikini right issue well um, I mean, it comes down to intention right like it comes down to why are you asking these this question or why are you sharing this information because I, I'm an excellent swimmer and spend a lot of time in the pool with the kids. So if you ask me if I'm active in July, I'm like, oh, yeah. But then, you know, do I ski? No. And that would be hysterical to watch. Um, you know, I'm not climbing up <laughs> any mountains. And I, I, you know, so it's the intention. That's why those code words are a bad idea. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like... I would rather just have the conversation about what's going on and what they're looking for. And that's why I guess when I'm asked those questions, and some of it's probably my age too, and I'm not so sensitive anymore as I maybe used to be. But I think if a family genuinely is looking for somebody who speaks Mandarin because they want their child to learn how to speak Mandarin at an early age, then that's great. But if they say they want Mandarin speaking because they're looking for somebody who fits an ethnic stereotype, mm-hmm. well, that's a whole different animal. So it's the intention, yeah. I guess, of the question. And how do you know what the intention is? Like, you don't. I like to think that I do. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you do get a sense. I'm sure you get a sense of it on, on as an agency because you talk to so many different families. But if you're a nanny and you're interviewing with a family, it, it's. I think it might be more difficult in that moment to tell. Although mm-hmm. I certainly have been around a lot of families. Again, after 20 years in this business, I can size up. I 
in Philadelphia, their main line is the like ritzy old money like area. <laughs> I can size up a mainline mom right away. Like I know, <laughs> you know, like I just know this person thinks of me in a certain box and that's the way that they're going to think about it versus, mm-hmm. um, and in every city there's that neighborhood and you know, but also that's kind of a stereotype and unfair to judge too. Maybe I'm discriminatory. I mean, I think ev- everyone is discriminatory in in their own ways. Right. I well, think, but, you know, being di- being discriminatory and making some assumptions about, like, upper middle class white moms in a certain neighborhood of Philadelphia, I don't think is, you know, as hurtful as some of the other ways that people can be discriminatory. I, I, I wouldn't beat yourself up about it. I'm not going to H-E double <laughs> hockey sticks for that one, huh? <laughs> you know, if I was if I was deciding who, who was heading down there, the world the world would be a different place. Um, so, where can you um, can you talk a little bit about like where in your career in your interviewing with families you decided to you know start being more upfront with this? information and kind of what that shift looked like? Because I know you mentioned it it was not always that way. No. So in the early days, like I remember when I first, so in the old days when I started, like I said, 25 years ago or whatever, um, you answered an ad in the classified um, thing to move cities. To So I was in Cincinnati working as a nanny and I remember thinking I I wanted to make more money and it was very much more viewed as a profession out on the East Coast. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I answered an ad and I remember on the application, it asked for your height and your weight and a picture. And that was very common in those days to do. And Hmm. I, yeah, exactly. And I remember... Like a modeling agency. Exactly. I mean, it asked a ton of questions and um, and I see the need for some of them, but they're not. It's also felt very much like, okay, then people are just going to see that I'm heavy and they're not going to even talk to me. So I remember not filling that out. Like I didn't send a picture and I didn't fill out the height and weight. And I just sent in the application and they still worked with me and found me a great family and it all worked out fine. Like it was, nobody said anything to me about that. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I remember they, the family flew me out and I got off the plane and I was super nervous. And luckily for me, I had picked a family that was really awesome and it just was fine. Um, and then the next time I went through the round of interviewing, I had learned more and I, that my weight, I was like, okay, I just want to be upfront about this. So I had a portfolio and instead of like listing out my height and weight, I had a page of pictures of me with kids doing all the active things that I like doing with kids. Like we're here, mm-hmm. we're in New York City, we're swimming in the pool, we're like I wanted to show families that even though I was overweight, it wasn't like I was sitting there letting the kids watch television all day. Like I, you know, I take them to the park. I, you know, they get plenty of large muscle movement, even though that's something that, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And I felt like when I sent that to families, I was putting it out there again, I had control of it. So, but I did have, agencies and families asked me what they felt my activity level was. And I remember one agency in particular, I said, I have a fairly high activity level when I'm on the job. It's just in my personal life that my activity level is like, I was a binge watcher before there was binge watching, you know, like I (laughs) (laughs) just like, so, and the nanny agency was like, really? And like, I just, that like stuck with me I was like yeah I'm not lying to you like when I have the kids I cook I do you know I'm I take it real seriously that's my job Mm -hmm. um and so I was like okay I'm gonna adjust again and so I did the pictures and then I just started sort of talking about it like I'm a heavier person but I just want to assure you that I here's what I do um this I just sort of did it that way. 
And then as far as being a lesbian, like I said, I didn't figure it out until later. It wasn't until this last job that I just sort of like put it in the interview when I was talking about it. I just said my partner Charlotte and I did this and I said it in a few different ways so that Mm -hmm. they could sort of figure it out. But I didn't, I felt like it was weird to just say, by the way, I'm a lesbian. (laughs) Like that just felt weird too. So I don't know what the right answer is. I I think it's weird to have a come out moment on any of those issues in your interview, but you certainly, for me, I want to work for a family that appreciates me and where I can be the person that I am and that they want, I'm a part of the family kind of nanny. Like I, we're going there today to celebrate Thanksgiving ironically Mm. like I develop a close relationship with the family that's what I like and I don't want to have to lie to the kids that I take care of when they ask me questions I again I did that for a few years where I just sort of didn't talk about being married or any of that and it it didn't feel good to me Um, Mm. now that doesn't mean that I'm going to talk about it unless they ask, like I'm not going to indoctrinate children into some, you know, whatever. But, um, but I think it's important because we get asked questions. Kids ask you like, why aren't you married? Or, you know, what happens after you die? Or do you believe in God? Or why don't you go to church? Like all of those questions come when you're working with kids Mm -hmm. and out of nowhere, like there's no preparation time. You don't have time to say much and you can put them off. Right. Like there's definitely ways of handling that, but I prefer to just be honest with them. And especially now with the way that we know that discipline works and that it's all based on connection and mm-hmm. connection to a child. It's, and if you work with kids who are older, they're going to know if you're lying or whatever because they're smart. So... I don't know. It probably limits the number of families that I can interview with. And you have to know that going in, if you're going to be that honest about who you are, like you and I talked about that, like I'd, I'm not going to work for, you know, a rock band that's going to be touring all around the world, you know, catching planes here and there. And like, that's just not going to be a job that I'm going to be a good fit for, for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. And I have to just know that and be clear about it in my own expectations of what kind of money I can make and the lifestyle and everything else. And that doesn't mean that I can't find a family. There's a pot for every lid, right? That's what my grandma <laughs> told me. <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that before. Oh, really? That's what my grandma always yeah. used to say that to me. <laughs> There's a pot for every lid. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you ever... Um, in these, because I have definitely been in the situation where um, a child asks you, you know, kind of something about your personal life or about your beliefs. Um, and most times you haven't had the chance to sit down with the family for three hours and like, get your book out and be like, all right. So, <laughs> you know, if I'm asked what happens when you die or why don't I go to church or like, why don't I have a boyfriend? Like, <laughs> what would the appropriate answer be? Um But does it, I mean, where do you, how do you kind of find that line where, you know, you don't want to be dishonest with one of the children that you're watching, obviously, because it's so important that you have a trusting relationship with them. But how do you sort of find the boundary in between, like, you know, without meaning to like coming out to a nanny kid before you come out to the parents or like letting them know that Santa's not real or like that actually right. not everyone believes in, you know, Jesus or Muhammad or Joseph Smith or, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever religion the they're thing. asking you about. Right. Well, I think the best advice I ever got about that is always to think about what they're actually asking you versus like, you don't need to overshare because kids are usually more, especially younger kids are usually asking you a more black and white question to a bigger thing. So for instance, if you're a lesbian and the kids ask you why you aren't married, the answer for a long time 
could have been, well, because it's not legal and it should be and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but the answer also could be, they're just asking that question and the answer could also be much easier than that, which is just, um, I just haven't gotten married yet. There's a time everybody gets married and I haven't yet. I mean, that's also the truth. And then you can deflect, which is also good, especially if kids are young enough that you don't want to have the conversation. But a lot of times for me, when I've been in those situations, I'll either say something, especially like religion, you know, oh, that's a good conversation for you to have with mom and dad um, because that's, you know, your family's, um, you know, your mom and dad sort of set the course for your family's thoughts on this and you'll have a chance to think that you should talk about that with them first. And then if you want to talk to me, I can, you can deflect like Mm -hmm. that. Um, (laughs) I know like the famous answer for like, uh, if you get questions about sex, oftentimes I remember somebody told me like, Oh, they were asking something about sex and they're like, Oh yeah, there are girls and there are boys. That's your sex. <laughs> like now you can't even say that anymore because that's now th- there's more to that conversation. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, I think for me, when you feel like you're stepping in it, the, the best thing to do is to say, <laughs> you know, that's a really great question and I don't want to give you a bad answer to that. So I want to think about it before I answer it and really have a great answer for you. So can we have a conversation later about that? Let's talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit later or let's talk about that with mom and dad because I think they would want to talk to you about this with me um, and trying to right. deflect it in that way because you don't want to say the wrong thing in in that moment and yeah yeah i don't know i don't well, know when you can go right to the answer. parents and be like and be like excuse me do i have permission to dismantle the gender binary to your three and a half year old exactly <laughs> well and it's so complicated because i don't even know how i would answer some of those questions now like it's the world's changed so much so rapidly um, mm-hmm. For those of us who, again, are a little bit older, it's it's so much more complicated. And so, but I think that's why it's important to fit with the family so well. Not only does a good fit family mean that you're less frustrated, you're better communicator, you're more happy to go to work every morning, you have longevity, like finding a good fit in a nanny family is like finding the perfect pair of shoes that like make you feel like you can do anything and you're comfortable and then when those things those moments arise you're more equipped to deal with them because you already have built this relationship and you're comfortable like I don't even know how people do it when they wear high heels that aren't comfortable and they have to think Like, seriously, how do those people do it? Like, I I was watching, like, how can you sit there and do this impeachment stuff in this three-piece suit that must feel so uncomfortable to you? But, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I just think if you have a good fit, then you are already setting yourself up for success for all of those dicey situations that we have. And because... I'm not advocating for discrimination or inappropriate questions, but I also think that we have to give ourselves a little more understanding on both sides of the equation because we are in these non-traditional settings. It's not the same as an office. It's not the same as a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. It It's such a unique situation. Um that it just, that's what I grapple with. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I feel like a lot of times on all of these issues, there's not really a right or wrong answer. And so, but that's my whole, I mean, I feel like that about almost everything. <laughs> Except that Star Wars is awesome. There's the right answer to that. Oh and, my gosh, yeah. Um, Star Wars and awesome. you should not spoil television shows for people. Those are the two like truths in my <laughs> life. 
<laughs> um, something that came up with um, a nanny who I've been talking to a little bit for the last few months um, that I feel like kind of goes in line with this. Um, and I know that Brandy mentioned, um, you know, a couple, a couple of podcasts back that, you know, even when she was a nanny and she was dating women or she was single, she just, you know, this is like 10 to 15 years ago. Um, but just sort of never thought about saying anything about it to a family. And that even when she was single, she was just like, Oh yeah, I have a boyfriend. Um, because she felt like, if she didn't have a boyfriend, like whether that meant she was single or she was dating a woman that like people would just think it was weird that she wasn't <laughs> partnered up with a, with a dude. Right. Um, but my question is, so, you know, let's say you're in your, you know, what feels like your perfect shoe nanny role, or you get hired by a family and you haven't, you know, you haven't revealed a protected trait to them, whether that means that you're gay or you're transgendered or you're a different religion than them. Um, and this, this is getting into like so deeply hypothetical, but I am like, oh man, what would happen? Um, let's say that in front of you, the child asks one of these kind of complicated questions to the parent and the parent not knowing that you are... <laughs> That you uh-huh. possess this protect, protected trait um, gives an answer that is really personally hurtful or offensive to you. Yeah. Wow. How would you respond to that situation? Well, in the moment, I'm sure I would say nothing. Um, because I don't, I would not, just in general... I wouldn't want to put the kid in that situation because then you're asking, mm-hmm. like you're putting them in an either or kind of situation. And right. I guess it depends on if they just didn't know or if I intentionally misled them. Um, but either way, I think if it was really hurtful to me, well, yeah, I, 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 that would have to be a conversation. I'd have to have a conversation and it would be super difficult. But just say, you know, go back to them and say, listen, you might not know this about me or, you know, it hasn't come up. But when you said that, I realized that maybe we need to talk about this because this is who I am and this is what I believe. And we have this great relationship and I can certainly, like, it's not impossible to keep all of this stuff away from the kids for a lot of nannies. Mm-hmm. I think it is for me, but that's because I never stopped talking. But um, <laughs> but I mean, for some nannies, they have a much more business-like relationship with their families and they, you know, they come in, they do their job and they could leave that out. And so if you have that, that if that's the kind of nanny that you are, then maybe you don't need to share all of that with them um Mm -hmm. certainly I just can't imagine for me and working for somebody that you know would think less of me because of this they might not agree with me but and again that's like the sliding scale of things in life right there's people that you don't agree with but you can live together cohabitating nicely and then Mm -hmm. there's people that you know believe don't believe the same as you but then also think you're wrong and yeah in a way that's judgmental and that's where it gets tricky that's again the intention behind the question am I asking the question like do I not want to have somebody who's non-christian in my home because I don't, I think they're going, you know, I I think that's wrong and they're going to hell or do I just don't want them in my home because I'm looking for somebody who believes the same as me because that's Mm -hmm. the kind of person I want around my kids answering questions about what's happening to the goldfish when it dies. And I think that it's reasonable to, yeah, yeah. It always comes back to fish, Sue. I know it does. It does come back to fish (laughs) and dead animals and embarrassing questions. And yeah, 
I don't know. I mean, I guess it all comes down to communication too. Like dead fish and communication. That's what you need to take away from this. Because if you can't have those conversations with the families that you're working for, um, that's fine. But then you're going to have to assume that they're going to think what they're going to think and you might not know what that is. Which doesn't really make sense, but... Yeah, well, and not, you know, plenty of people don't have the, you know, the energy or the desire to sort of turn their entire life into being a social justice champion. Right. Um, You know, or like, you know, you don't want to, no one wants to take every single learning opportunity to be like, oh, actually, you know, we can't assume that person's a boy because we haven't asked them what their preferred pronouns are yet. Or like, actually, you can't touch my hair. Um <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not your weird doll. Like I'm actually a, an equal human being. Um, and so I, you know, but I feel like it makes it so challenging, especially in nanny roles where there, you know, the boundaries are kind of a moving target in a lot of cases that can kind of, you know, change on a dime or on a moment's notice to really kind of choose, you know, like what's, what's important for you to communicate to, the kids or the family on a given day and how much you want the family you're working for to know about your personal life. Well, and maybe anything. Yeah. Maybe that's the question. Like what you just said is so true. The boundaries change on a dime, but maybe it's instead of that, it's asking how much, how much of my, who I am as a person do you want me to share with your child? Like, I, I don't even know how you wouldn't share it, but I'm sure some people do. I mean, you know, I. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very true. Boundaries do change all the time in this job. You have to be able to constantly be negotiating them and working them out. And so how much you share of yourself, it's going to change from the beginning to the middle to the end of your job. Mm hmm. Makes me wonder yeah. though, like it, if you work in offices or in a more traditional setting or like a hospital or whatever, like do those people wish that they could ask all of those questions so they would only work with people that like they bonded with on all of these things? Like, I wonder what that would look like as a world. Cause that's kind of sad too to think that you're only gonna work with people who are like you. Cause we grow from being around people who are different from us. Yeah, I agree. I think that a huge piece of it, um, and I was just, this isn't about a nanny job, but I was just reading in um, this other Facebook group that I'm part of called the FEMPS. That's like a like female empowerment entrepreneurial Facebook group. Um, you know, someone who was, you know, acting as a consultant to a company, they needed to hire someone new. She introduced someone to them who was, you know, a graphic designer who happened to be transgendered and this person went through the interview phase and then the boss of the company went back to this consultant who had recommended the graphic designer and said, you know, they're great, but like we are, you know, we're about to make an offer to this other person and he's really Christian. And so we don't want to also make an offer to this graphic designer who happens to be transgendered because we're just assuming that this super Christian guy we're about to hire won't be okay with working with him. It's just like, oh man, like you're kind of yeah, not giving anyone in this situation the benefit of the doubt. But I think it's also, it's scary for people who are older and have been around for a while because there are, you know, LGBTQ has like 13 letters in it now. Right. And, you know, even people who I think used to feel like they were all the way on the liberal side of the spectrum have had a hard time keeping up with like, well, what, you know, like like what are all these non-binary terms and how do I know someone's pronouns or like what is digital blackface like there's so much new information and education all of the time that um, I think a lot of people feel overwhelmed by it and that it's just hard to keep up and they're so afraid of accidentally offending anyone that that's sort of why more than ever they kind of want to stick to their little homogenous group of people who are like them is because they're just so afraid of doing something wrong all of the time. 
Well, and they have the best of it. I, I, it happens to me all the time. I intentionally step in it all the time with comments that have no malice behind them, but it's just, I'm 52 years old. I was born into a different time. <laughs> and that's ridiculous because it's only been 52 years. You, But it's changed that fast. I mean, it's changed that fast in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, so I totally feel sometimes like I'm older than I am because how separated it is. But then that mm-hmm. makes me wish that I now see I wish I had kids because now I would think how cool would it be if I as a nanny or as a parent was a lesbian parent who's overweight and super liberal. But then I hired somebody who was the opposite of me so that my kids would get to know both sides of it all. Like, wouldn't that be mm-hmm. awesome? Like my nanny family is super OCD and very like anxiety prone. And I'm as laid back as it gets. And I have <laughs> no, I don't put things down the same way two times nothing has a place like I couldn't be farther from that but we always joke that the kids are have the benefit of having my laid-back nature a lot of times and their parents you know OCD so that somehow we're hoping that this nice mix will happen where they can be relaxed but also follow protocol (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like wouldn't it be nice if we could raise kids with like this idea that everybody has some sort of worth and the person that they are black brown gay straight christian agnostic whatever they all have something to contribute and we by exposing kids to all of it let them develop into this person that they're meant to be See, now I'm like off in La La Land dreaming of it. (laughs) Oh, man. I love that. I do, too. I I might need to put some inspirational music behind that part of your Oh, please do. I I do like to pontificate to music. I would have done it to a beat. Um, Yeah, by the way, I definitely want in. If there's some sort of like adventure nannies uh podcast theme song off contest whatever i want in i i heard krista and i'm you know i want to be in on that oh are you ready i do you um i didn't prepare we have anything. a pretty i think neither did krista and she <laughs> wasn't that happy that i left that in the episode to be 100 <laughs> percent honest with you she's so funny um yeah we have we have um um megan the nanny who works for brandy i think is our only podcast guest who has not um saying yet well you know i'm willing to but i'm gonna tell you that it's rough the reason i want to sing around a campfire with a lot of people is because when you sing with a lot of people then one person's voice oh it, it all sounds good no matter how bad people's voices are Mm-hmm. Are there um are there going to be any campfires on um Cruzapalooza this year's Nanny Palooza on Sea? I I I hope so. I'm guessing they're probably going to frown on the campfire nature of it, but I feel like there's a possibility that we could, you know, have a kumbaya moment somehow. Maybe I'll bring a picture of a fire. I wonder if they'd let me light a candle. Yeah. Maybe some tiki torches. Oh yeah seems like those would be on a cruise i don't know it will be my first cruise experience oh well you'll enjoy it i've only cruised to alaska so cruising to bermuda is going to be very different than the cruise to alaska but we get a night on the beach maybe we can just you know have a i don't know if they let fires on the beach in bermuda that'd be pretty awesome i think i think a few more things are allowed in bermuda then in the in the uptight USA. So true, so true. Well, um, yeah. Did you want to just improvise a pontificate? Oh, yeah. You know, like a twenty to forty five second song that wraps up everything we've talked about for the last forty five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> um, I don't know if I could do that, but let's see. What can I do? So I, 
I really think that your theme song that you have now is very nice, but it's a little like jazzy. I guess I feel like you guys might be a little more old school rap kind of like pushing the boundaries like hey we're adventure nannies and we're here to say we got all the answers listen today that wasn't very good <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I don't know maybe something there's something there well, it needs to be a little more you know in your face you guys are boundary pushers Yeah, but I wrote the theme song and I'm like in my, you know, in my alter ego, just like a gentle, sad piano player who Mm. just writes songs about having a heart that's been smashed into tiny pieces thousands of times. So, well, that's where all great music comes from. I'll try for (laughs) Dolly Parton. For you, I'll I'll push the boundary. (laughs) Yeah. I'll add in some more electronic drums yeah just a little beat maybe behind it you know like a little flavor flave i don't know <laughs> all right I will, I, will, I will take that under advisement too let me see what i can cook up over here don't listen to my musical <laughs> taste my musical taste is like not don't listen to me you're like a real well, musician well it's been the interesting thing about um starting the podcast is that you know, I think this will be our 11th episode, maybe, or maybe the 12th episode, but we haven't, um, you know, we haven't exploded in popularity enough to have a bunch of mean people hating everything we're doing yet. No, that will come. Um, it will come. I can't wait. It is fun. <laughs> I love it. I love you're, constructive criticism. You're re- and I'm well, the boss of Adventure Nanny, so I never get any. Everyone's just like, yes, Shenandoah. <laughs> Like, no, you're tell not- me I'm wrong. They're like, okay. Uh. <laughs> you, you're you you're setting me. the That's bar. That's how I learn. <laughs> <laughs> you and I could be friends because I love to argue. Um, you, you're setting the bar a little high if you think it's going to be constructive criticism. You're going to get a lot of criticism. It's not going to be constructive. Uh, but, you know, that's okay. Everybody has an I'll opinion. Be- and unfortunately, and we respect the diversity of everyone's opinions and in public. All the unique, yeah. <laughs> in private, we sit around and you know, are maybe not one as nice about it. Yeah, one of these nights, once we start to get some podcast hate, I'll just like build myself a a triple decker s'more that I cook with a lighter in my kitchen at 1 a.m. and just <laughs> fall asleep crying because I can't believe how mean people are. Well, you call me and I will talk about mean people with you. That is always the answer. <laughs> you just have to talk about mean people with, you, you know, somebody Perfect. that you can trust. And that <laughs> I can tell you right now, there's a lot of mean people. Mm, no, But you're doing, you're alone. awesome. I think you guys are doing a great job. I think that, um, you know, it. I, I like the approach that you guys have of, you know, sort of just thinking about these things and people will get excited about that. And because you look at things from different angles, I you're probably not going to get a lot of hate. Although, you know, somebody's going to hate you just because you're you. We'll see, Sue. We'll see. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday morning to chat, Sue. I really appreciate it. And it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Um, And please let us know when the Practically Perfect podcast is back up and running. Um, And I'll include some info about, are there even tickets left to Cruise a Palooza or is it wall-to-wall sold out? If people want to cruise, I added more space. We have 68 people now going, I think. Um, but I have more rooms available for a little while. Um, so if people are interested in cruising, they can go. Nannypalooza.com is my website. And so people can go there and see everything that I do. And oh, and our nanny diary. I do have a few projects. You um, have a few projects. A few projects. And um, if they can always reach out to me through the website if they have questions about anything. And we have a land version of Nanny Palooza next year as well. If cruising's not your thing, 
that's my commercial. Yeah. Sorry. But <laughs> Sue and I are going to be on the cruise. It's that's where you so. want to be. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. It's I can't believe how many people are coming in. The group we have is going to be really fun and interesting, and it's it's fairly diverse. So. Yeah, and there's going to be a sing along. I hope we're so. We're going to sing the song "Cruising." I will probably cry the movie through the whole it. sing along. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'll be practicing so that I can, like, have a whole list of things to call out and for people to play. Oh, boy. This is going to be so exciting. And unlimited drinks. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) My Uh, limit is, like, two. It's either two or ten. Yeah. Two or ten. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. If, I, if I'm like, mm, I don't know, maybe three, then, then it's just over. I'm a little intrigued. Gotta stick to two. I'm a little intrigued <laughs> to see how Krista is. I I have like, you know, you know, when you haven't had drinks with somebody yet, really, and you have like a preconceived mm-hmm. notion of what it might be like. I feel like Krista might be the most fun ever after a few drinks, but I don't even know if she drinks. And I don't I'll want to be some insensitive. Videos. Oh, that's, I will like that. <laughs> You know, she's a, um, she is really, um, thoughtful about the opportunities where she will consume alcohol. Yeah. It's not a daily occurrence, but no. sometimes you catch her in the right moment. <laughs> like on a cruise where all of the drinks are unlimited all day long. Possibly then. It could happen. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Sue. Thank you. I'd love to come back anytime. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more, visit us at adventurenannies.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. To send us love letters, questions, or ideas for future episodes, email us at podcast at adventurenannies.com. Bye. Bye.